is happening, people of the interwebs? Uh, welcome into this episode of the Do Things Podcast. I'm Todd Frazier, your host, and I'm super psyched that you're here. This is so. This is a kind of a special episode um, because it's official. I've been talking about it for a few episodes now, but it's literally official. My book, Burn Your Plans and Do Things, is now available on Amazon.com. Uh, there's going to be links uh, below to go check it out or you uh, in the show notes, or whether you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, you can click the link and it'll take you to my Amazon author page. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I have an Amazon author page, amazon.com slash author slash Todd Frazier. And that's where you can see all of my books right now. It's just the one, but it's Kindle version and paperback and soon to be audiobook. I've got five chapters read. Uh, I'm reading it myself. I'm really excited about that, but you guys, it's real. I wrote a book. It's it's awesome. Oh, and if if you are looking for Christmas gifts, because as you can see, if you're watching this behind me, there's Christmas trees and lights and things, but it's Christmas time and Christmas gifts are always a hard thing to decide. Well, what do I get for this person? What do I get for that person? Oh, my, my father-in-law, I don't really know what to get with me. You get him a book, you get him a book and you get him this book, burn your plans and do things. And on the inside cover, so one, two, the inside cover, there's a page, and this page is specifically for gifting to people. It says, this book gifted to, semicolon, blank line. You write in whoever's name you want because you're going to give it to them as a gift. And then it says below that, dot, 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 because I believe in you. And that's because this book is all about realizing that you're a miracle. You're meant to do amazing things. Um, I'm going to, this episode is kind of cool because what I'm doing in this episode is I'm giving you an interview that I actually gave I was interviewed on my friend Tim Beanland's podcast. It's called Bean Talking, and he's from Australia. So I'm uh, I'm I'm on an Australian podcast talking about burn your plans and do things. Uh, and one of the things before we get into the interview, talking about you know what's been going on, a little bit more of my backstory, and then the his the, the book and how I got wrote it in 39 days and all this kind of stuff. Um, but the thing that people always ask me about this is how's the book doing? Yes, you wrote a book, but how's it doing? Well, so. Here's, here's the deal. Amazon, the way that this all works on Amazon, I'm, I'm finding out a lot. I'm learning. I knew nothing before I published this book, literally. And you'll find more about that in this interview. I knew nothing before I started publishing this book. <clears throat> and for the first entire week, because it's been out an entire week as of now, I was the top, the number one new release in both of my categories. It switched back and forth between the Kindle and the paperback and, and a couple other books. But it was, I, I held number one in the new release category or in, it was the number one new release in the categories that my book is in. And I was stayed in the top, oh, that's my phone. And I stayed in the top 100 bestsellers for both categories. So, I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. Other than it means my book is selling. I've sold as of now, I've sold about 50 copies, both print and, um, print and ebook, but basically the only thing that you know with the prints is you only get credit. I only can see when they get shipped. So there might be, you know, 500 print books out there that you guys bought that I just haven't seen because I haven't shipped yet. So, oh, and the other thing about Amazon, I'm going to do probably a whole episode on publishing, self-publishing on Amazon because it's super easy. It's free and they print the books on the demand. So there's no cost to you anyways. All right. So I wrote the book. It's on Amazon. It's doing well. I, I mean, doing well for a first time author, never thought I would write a book like this was, well, it, it's in the interview, but right now I'm going to give you, I'm going to switch you over to the interview of me on my buddy, Tim Beanland's podcast, an Australian pod. Oh, Australia. So also backtrack a little bit. I am now an internationally selling author. 
I sold one book in Germany and I've sold two books in Australia. So one of them is from the host of the podcast. He was excited about it and he bought it. But uh, I've sold in multiple countries now, America, Germany, and Australia. You guys, I don't know what that means other than, hey, it happened. <laughs> All right, but you know what? You gotta do things. Let's get to the interview. I'm excited. Hopefully you're excited. Thanks for being here on the Do Thing Podcast. And without further ado, here's my interview on the Bean Talking Podcast in Australia. Here we go, Todd, Todd Fraser. Um, welcome. Welcome to What's the What's going show. on, man? Yeah, this is exciting for me. This is exciting for me. First international guy on the Bean Talking Podcast. Um, this is so exciting. I'm honored to be the first international Beans Talking Podcast guest. I appreciate it. Yeah, very cool. So thank you for coming on. Um, my introduction of you is, um, you know, digital marketer in that space. Uh, you're, you're a guy that does things, you do things, you're a public speaker, and, and now you're an author, as, as we were talking about. Um, but that's, that's my sum up. But for people that don't, don't know you, yeah, give us a bit of an introduction of yourself. All right, cool. I'll, I'll try and keep it as short as possible. (laughs) So I've been, I've been involved in a lot of different industries. I was in real estate investment straight out of college, 2008 real estate took a dive. So I had to figure out what to do. My dad was a CPA and accountant for like 20 years. I was growing up. So I thought maybe I could figure out how to do that. Went to work for him for six years, uh, went to night school and worked all kinds of crazy hours with wife and three kids. Finally got my CPA license, started my own firm two years ago, two and a half years ago now. And uh, so that's, I've got my CPA practice. I have a digital marketing firm. I public speak. I create content on the internet, which I love to do. And I connect with people like, that's how I met you. Literally just on Instagram. Um, I I absolutely love that. And then, and now I I wrote a book. I have a book that is on Amazon. Super crazy. That's amazing. And I actually want to talk about that. um, How we met. It's, it's quite crazy. Um, And 2018 has, has opened up that ability to, have conversations and, and increase but what do you what do you think it was that that because you get a lot of fake people on instagram you know you get the oh, yeah. you get the yeah strong muscle emoji or fire fire and it's just it's crap but, but what do you think it was that separated i guess myself and, and other people that you've talked to online that you've built relationship with what do you think the key there is if someone wants to I don't know, reach out to someone through the gram. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, honestly, I think the gram, uh, whatever you want to call it, IG, the, I yeah. think the thing that is so valuable about all of the online social is it is true engagement. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really what it's all about. Because like for us specifically, it was a comment. I think I commented on one of your posts or you commented on one of mine. Yeah. And then, because you can kind of tell which comments are like bots coming in, because I've done those. And yep. send out send out comments on a bunch of fo- uh, on a bunch of posts. Yeah. But as soon as you comment, if you get nothing back, mm. you can kind of tell. Okay, mm. this isn't a real thing. They don't really want to engage. But with mm. with someone like yourself or other people that I've met online, uh, just literally through commenting, I feel like that comment on someone else's post where you can really bring value to say, "Hey, this was great," or that really empowered me. Like because the beans talking is where we met. That's. Yeah. And then yeah. it transferred over to the personal side. Yeah. And so you start with the comments and then from there it just moves to the DM. And when you're direct messaging, you can really get a feel for that person, whether it's a real thing or they, as soon as they say, hey, hit me on the DM. And then it's like, well, hey, I've got this investment strategy and I'm doing cryptocurrency. <laughs> or I, can, I can blow up your Instagram by 10,000 people in a week. Yeah. Like, that, yeah, that, and it's everywhere. It really yeah. is everywhere. Um, but you can tell real quick Mm. Once that, if that person's genuine and they really have a desire to connect, 
Yeah. I think that's once you have that, then just grow on it. Because when mm. we met, like I wasn't messaging with 17 other people. It was like you and one other person because yeah. those were the only real people out of all the bots online. Yeah, that's wow. fake, fake communication mm. um, that you kind of have to weed through. But I we, think it's being patient and keep putting it out there and knowing that there are real people that want to connect and engage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it also comes to something that's so fundamental in in sales and it's being real, but it's also not um, like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook. These people that are saying, hit me up on the DM and then they go like in their second message, like, yeah, I've got this investment strategy going bang. Like, dude, you know, <laughs> get to know me first. Wine and dine me first. And, and Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's just terrible. Well, and the thing, the thing about that that I think is so frustrating is they make a comment that's generic and it's usually a bot. It's not usually mm. a real person. It's mm. usually a bot that's sending out a message based on whatever tag is in your post or who you follow or something like that. And again, I, I've done this and that it, it's valuable if you're going to follow it up with some real connection real and engagement. Connection. But there's a lot yeah. of people that are just spamming everyone mm. Um, with a comment that says, hit me on the DM. Like I get a, with the book, I've gotten a lot of things like, oh, your, your profile is so great. I love your book. You should hit me on the DM. And I'm thinking, okay, if this okay. person's really interested and I direct message them and then they come back with the, oh, that's great. Well, I X, Y, Z with social media or what it's, it's a sales pitch. Yeah. It's not a relationship. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing with the online engagement is you have to treat online engagement just like it's face-to-face, -face, mm, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's so valuable to create real relationships. And I think that's what a lot of people forget because they worry about the numbers and the volume and how they can reach more people with the missing the fact that when they tr create real engagement, like when we have a real relationship, now I share your stuff, you share my stuff, and then we reach each other's networks because we have a real relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's the value that so many people miss in the cool. digital communication world. And that's it. Like you talk about mutual sharing, like the amount of friends that I've been like, dude, you got to listen to Todd's stuff. You got to listen to Todd's stuff in probably the month that we've known each other. You know, to me, I go, it's, it's an American guy that, that isn't, isn't stereotypically American. He's, he's actually providing value. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait, give, give me, give me the yeah. Australian version of a stereotypic American. I love oh, that. Let, let me hear it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to try your accent. I'm not going to do that, but I mean, Sales, I've, I've found that sales in America and sales in Australia is very different. Um, you know, it's, it's, and I think it's, it's to do, to do with the, the population numbers. Like, like in America, you can churn and burn through a lot of people just due to the population size. So sure. you close a little bit harder and push a little bit harder. And I think that's taught um, versus, versus Australia. I, I mean, there's still people that are trying to close without taking you on a date first, but um, you know, it's always going to be people, but it's, I've, I've found in, at least in the training that I've had, it's been more relationship building and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of fake Americans. I'll tell you that. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but right, especially, awesome, yeah, you there's a lot of awesome people, but like living in Southern California where I live specifically Orange County, I love Orange County. I've grown up in Orange County. Like I've, I grew up going to Disneyland all the time. Literally it's my favorite place to go. Yeah. But in close. Orange County, there is so many fake people like, Wow. You can't even, you can't even imagine. I mean, well, you probably can, yeah. um, but there's so much of this, you know, you're living a, a stereotypical Southern California life yeah. and keeping up with the Joneses and just yeah. all of that stuff that goes along with it, man. There's just, it's, there's so much of it. Cause when we, so like, and it's in the book, but when yeah. we were on this trip with my family this summer, 86 days, 43 States in Canada, it was epic in a motorhome, like best yeah. thing ever. 
Um, but when we're out and out of our Southern California bubble, there's so many real authentic people. Not that there's not here, but I feel like there's so, the population is so dense that you just get so much of that overwhelming uh, yeah. fake facade kind of, kind of deal that you get outside that bubble. And there's, I mean, there's so much, I'd love to come to Australia. That would be, yeah. uh, I'd, it would be epic. Mate, you're, mate, you're welcome here anytime. Um, yes. All right. I got the official yeah. invite. I can come. Invite. Come to Melbourne. <laughs> Um, I was, yeah, I've, I've got a trip to America plan. We'll talk about that off of podcast. You yes. Said, um, so you're all about doing things, right? You're all about getting out there and doing things. You said that, um, in order to follow your passion, you were doing night school, you were juggling family. So, so how do you keep up that motivation to do things when, mm-hmm. um, when you've got a family and you're juggling everything and, and there's that the excuse of, I don't have time, but you've managed to do night school like what's what's your advice when it comes to i don't have time well i think it's like for me it's a lot about faith it's a lot about that i believe that we're all created for a reason and that we can't find out what that reason is until we start taking steps and taking action Um, and my family is a huge part of my life and my faith is a huge part of my life and the fact that i believe i truly believe that there is something at the end of all this hard stuff that Mm -hmm is going to be better than what is now, or at least it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's, it's really the, the true belief that at the end, there's something great. And I think that's real for everyone. But you have to get the mindset of believing that all the stuff that I'm going through that sucks right now, there is a reason that I'm doing it and it's going to be great in the end. Mm. So keeping that focus every day of being like, today sucks, I've got to go, I'm going to have an 18 hour day of work and school and I'm not going to see my family. Mm. that sucks but no at the end of it there is a goal that you're pushing towards and yeah, I, I think you just touched on something really interesting there because because of social media and if you search up you know on my phone hashtag entrepreneur life or whatever you'll see cars and lambos and whatever and, and yeah. it, it, they make it look easy so but but you know you're in the trenches you're doing it you, you know would you say entrepreneurship is is an easy thing you oh know? no no so, way it's i mean that's, that's one of those things I think is that the facade of entrepreneurship. And I, I honestly, I hate the word mm. um, because I feel like it, when you say the word, you get the image of the Lambos and the cash and all of the stuff that is online about it, which is not real. Mm. Like the reality is if you're an entrepreneur and you're a self-employed individual, you don't know if you're going to have money next month to pay mm. the bills. Yeah, but wow. you're taking a risk on your passion and your belief and faith that you will be okay, even though you have no idea because there's no guarantees. Even when you work for a big company, there's no guarantees. But when it's all you, there's literally no guarantees. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Wow. You know? And then, um, so you're a family man. Uh, you, you, you obviously love your family. Like, how much does your family motivate you to, in terms of you, you know, I, I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say that I started my business like the day my child was born or the year my child was born because it made them think, oh crap, I've got to do something with my life. Um, was yeah. that similar for you or, or is it, or is are the family, what, what core motivates you? I guess there's two questions there. For sure. Yeah. Well, the family's a huge motivator, obviously, but I think like for me, when I, when the real estate market tanked and I lost my job in 2008, I already had a wife and three kids. Right. So my motivation instantly was I got to go now. I got to figure that I don't have time to wait around and figure out and see if something happens. I had to go. Um, and so then I just, I literally just started doing one thing after another, which led to another thing, which created the path that I'm on now. 
but the the motivation of supporting my family and making sure that I have something where I'm able to coach my kids or I'm able to spend time going to church and being with them on the weekend and spending time with my wife and that kind of stuff. It's, it's a hard balance because if it, like I said before, if it's all you, it's all you. And so you have to, you have to figure out which part you give up because at some point you sacrifice something. Mm. Um, and I think that never changes no matter what you're doing, but I think there's so much more pressure that we probably put on ourselves as entrepreneurs, self-employed saying, I have to do this because I'm the only one as opposed to I'm part of, I'm a cog in a machine, which is good too, Mm. but you're not relying on yourself as much and the faith of, of what can happen in the future. So, Yeah. yeah. You actually touched on something again. So I'm, I'm a millennial, right? Millennial. Um, very lucky in the fact that I haven't lived through a global financial crisis. I mean, 2008, like I was in it, but like I was in high school. So right. Yeah. You weren't in it. Right. <laughs> I wasn't in it. Right. And, and, and there are a lot of people saying, okay, it's going to crash soon in the next sort of 16, 18 months or whatever. So now that I am going to live through it, you know, being 24 and, and you know, looking to do things, um, as you say, what advice and, and how, was your, how did you mentally deal with everything collapsing? And then looking back on the lessons that you learned in 2008, how are you going to shelter yourself if, if something like that happens again? And to give advice sure. to a 24-year-old, I guess, that, that hasn't lived through it. Sure. I, well, I think so when, when it all happened and when everything went down and I had to figure out what to do, I didn't have a lot of time or resources to be able to figure something out. Mm-hmm. I just had to, I literally had to believe that something was going to happen. And, and you have to realize you can only control two things. You mm-hmm. can only control your perspective, which is how you see the world and you see other people. And then the only other thing you can have is effort. Because you can't control the market. You can't control whether something's going to tank that you have no direct correlation to. Mm. You only have those two things. So if you can weed out all the rest and block out the potential of listening to other people, what they say, or mm. hearing like, or even for you, like it, hearing that in 2008, I had, I'd lost my job and had to figure that out. I went through a crash. It might not be the same for you. No. It's, the market's going to come down because it's really good right now but it's going to be different for everyone. So if you can focus on those, only those two things that your perspective, how you see it, do you believe you're going to be, get out of it? Mm. And then two is taking effort because it, it takes work. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just knowing that at the end of it, you're going to come out on top mm. and, and maybe not even on top. It just, yeah. you're going to come out of it. It's yeah. going to end at some point and it's yeah. going to get better. And if it doesn't, it's because the robots have taken over and we're in the matrix. <laughs> and we live in Terminator and we're all asking Arnie. We're going, hey, Arnie, come on. you need <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the other thing that I'm, I'm super interested in is you're actually a, quite a rare breed. And I, I say that in terms of you, you studied a CPA and you're an accountant. Um, but this is a very stereotypical thing, but you're a very extroverted person. So... Um, did you see that as a way you were separating yourself when you were working as an accountant because your personality was so different? Like, you know, I've got an accountant here and, and I try and have a conversation with him. And it's like talking to a brick wall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's a generalization, but, but, you but know. it's true. It's true. Yeah. No, I, I get, the, I do get that a lot. And honestly, it wasn't like in, in college, I was a math major. So I was a numbers guy and yeah. that makes sense to me, but I also was creative and I, I did, 
I was in plays and theater and I played sports. So I had a lot of that uh, Renaissance man kind of thing where I do a lot of different things. But I knew that I had to figure something out and my dad was an accountant. So I didn't think about the fact of, you know, myself, knowing myself and knowing where I, what personality wise I was going to do. I just knew I know math. My dad is a CPA. I can probably learn that. I should do it. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as I've come through the process and I keep get I get that feedback a lot that, well, you're not like any accountant I've ever talked to before Hmm. that, that resonates with a lot of people to say, Oh, I want to do business with you because when I sit in your office and we can actually have a conversation that's meaningful and adds value, that makes a big difference. Now, I will say, because I've learned that about myself and I feel like my strength is the communication, my strength is relationships, mm-hmm. it's moving me more in this direction of the public speaking, of the writing the books, of yeah. the online communication, because that's really my strength. Awesome. So if I can bring value and, and give people actual tactical knowledge and steps from a business consulting standpoint, from a tax standpoint, yeah. and then just from a general relationship communication standpoint, then I feel like that's where I can, I can add the most value in any situation that I'm in by using my communication and my, my uh, personality yeah, to yeah. add value to anybody that I'm talking with. So. And, and it would be so easy for you to separate yourself from the, the other, other accounts. It's just, it's just leagues ahead. And as you say, that, that communication, like I did telemarketing and cold calls for three, four, five years. And something that I picked up very quickly was I threw away my scripts. So mm. you, know, you would have yeah. script, right? I don't know if you guys get called by energy providers and solar companies and whatever. I don't know. That's still around. Oh, yeah. I get called. So here's the funny thing. The yeah. side note, I'm, we rent this house. I don't own this house. Yeah, it's smart. Uh, but I still get calls saying, hey, uh, we know you own this house at our old house over on Brooklyn Avenue. Yeah. Uh, and we'd like to do your roof. And I'm like, guys, you need to update your, your database because I have not owned that house in eight years. So I don't, and, and I don't know how all that works. I just know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like cold calling can still work if you know what you're doing. And Oh yeah. The thing is, and it's about building communication and having that conversation where you're, so I would throw away my scripts because like you, I just wanted to have a conversation with someone Mm -hmm. and you find that, you know, would you find that that would work a lot better? Oh yeah. I mean, when I get a salesperson on the phone, even if I don't need what they're selling, but they're, they're, you know, willing to talk to me and actually have a communication back and forth, mm. I will talk to them. Now it may not be a sale, but I'll remember that. And, and if I get a number or something, I'll be like, oh yeah, okay. This guy had a question or this lady had some insight that might be something to think about. So I can, I, you know, you might not need that thing now, but you'll look it up 12 months from now. Exactly. Mm, exactly. Um, so I want to talk about your book. I want to talk about your book. And, and the really awesome thing about it is um, you've actually written this using the guidelines that you outline in the book. And that's, yes. that's really awesome. So, so can you take me through a, a synopsis of, the, of, of those guidelines? Or, or, right. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah. so the whole premise of the book originally, when I started speaking and I had to come up with the, what's my thing, what's my, what's my deal? Um, and so I came up with this idea of, well, everything, uh, my entire life, I've actually just tried something and saw if it worked or it didn't work. And then I adjusted and I moved on. So mm-hmm. it kind of created this circular, uh, method that I've, I've termed the do things method. And so as I'm speaking and I'm talking about this with people and it's kind of, it's adjusting on its own and it's growing into this thing. I was like, well, I should write this down and have like a, like, it was kind of like a pamphlet idea. 
like yeah. a, a, you know, one of those short little booklets that just kind of walks you through the steps of this process. And so as I'm speaking and I'm, I'm, my dog's barking. Hold on. It's okay. No. Hey, can somebody let Taz out? Breaking the conversation. Breaking the conversation. So uh, this is what <laughs> editing is for. This is right. like, or, or you can leave it in and it's people's favorite part of the podcast. Oh, there we go. Could be. John. John Could I'm be. Speaking I'm speaking to you, John. This is the favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> you know, you're laughing right now, John. I know you're smiling. That's right. That's right. So anyways, so, um, so I'm, this whole method is creating as I'm speaking and I'm telling stories from my life to explain the steps in this process. Awesome. And as I'm thinking through this booklet, I'm like, I should add a story here and there to kind of explain. And then it just kind of, and this is all in my brain. I hadn't done anything. Yeah. Um, this is over like six to eight months of me thinking and speaking and then adding another story and thinking like, well, this explains that. And then it kind of grew into this thing where we're, we're on this trip and we took this epic road trip uh, for the summer, for like I said, for 86 days in the motorhome. And as I'm on there and I'm thinking about my next speaking and, and all these, the process of what we're working on. Um, I started putting it together. Well, I could actually make this an actual book mm. and tell, tell these stories in a way that also explains the process and gives tactical steps. And can I do that all in one? Like, I didn't know if I could. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, well, does anybody else do that? And so there's a couple other authors that I read. Well, I don't read. I listen. I, I do I audiobooks. Too. I, yeah, I'm, I'm all into the audiobooks. Yeah, the yeah. audiobooks are great. So, yeah. um, so I was listening and I was like, yeah, okay, I, I think this could work. I don't see anybody else really doing this, but I think it could work. So I just started writing and I outlined the, the method. The method's really simple. It's four phases. Yes. It's uh, perspective, process, results, repeat. And it's just in a circle. And I've got a, a little picture for it. Yeah. Um, so I just started with the process and I, I skeletoned it out and like, okay, these are the bones. What stories fit with which phase and which step in each phase? And so mm. I just started just writing. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I just started writing. And I, I, I noted the other day, I started writing the first real piece of the book, September 28th. Yeah. And 39 days later, I was done with the book. Wow. Like now, wow. now the reality that's, is that's how to write a book in 39 days. <laughs> Mate, you've, got, that, you've got authors trying to do, they've tried been working on a book for 10 years. Yeah. Dude. Well, and, and, and that's the part I feel like, did I do something wrong? Because I did that nice. so quickly but because I'm telling personal stories that I live through and that I also speak about and I've dialed into like a, a summarized version of the story and hit the high points and I can kind of see where audiences, they, they get this part, they don't get this part, whatever. Um, then it, it really helped me synthesize that quicker. Mm. And I just had to put what was in my brain on the keyboard. Nice. And it just kind of I vomited it out real quick yeah. and then I read it and I was like, that's horrible. And you got to delete some stuff and edit it. And then that's I the sent thing. it to That's the thing. Like it's horrible, but immense progress. You figured out a way that. that oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, and then, and it's more, the, the, the more I did it, the more I was like, oh, this makes sense. Oh, I like the way this sounds. I can change that here. And then you go back and it just back and forth. But literally it was, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never written a book. I hardly read books and I know you can publish on Amazon, but I wasn't sure how. <laughs> so, yeah. so I write, I write the book in 39 days and I was going to use a, a different fulfillment. I wasn't going to use the, I was going to put it on Amazon, but I was going to use different fulfillment. And I went to go print the first proofs of the book and it was a, a disaster. Yeah. And I'm like, I, cause I had put a date out, said I'm going to put it out November 26th. And I'm like three yeah. weeks out. 
And this, the fulfillment thing was not going to work right. And it didn't format. And I was like, oh shoot. So I had to, I started from scratch as far as where I was publishing the book. And I had to do all the research and Kindle publishing is by, if anybody's going to publish a book on Amazon, just do KDP directly through Amazon. It's simple. It's easy. You can't do hardcovers, but who cares? You can do, you can do the Kindle and you can do the paperback. So I had to research how to do that. I had no idea within two weeks from when I realized I needed to do something else and I had to figure it out and then I had to push the publish button. So it was kind of a mad dash, but I mean, between YouTube, just Google search and all the instructions we have on Amazon, it's, it's all out there. You just got to work for it. I mean, this podcast, this is the third episode of the podcast and I'm, I'm launching this Saturday and congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And the amount of YouTubing I've done, like how to get this on Spotify, how to get it on, you know, it's all out there. That's the thing. And I think that comes to step one of perspective, right? And having the perspective of we are living in an age right now where if you want to know something, you can Google it, then you can practically do it because you can learn it in any way you want. If you're a broke person, there's going to be blogs out there. If you learn through video, there's going to be video out there. If you learn through audio, someone's done a podcast about it. You know, 100%. It's, it's all out there, and you don't have to. And that's the thing. The other thing, because I started with dabbling in doing the online courses, which I think are great. I'm not yeah. against them, but I started looking into that, and I'm like, my personality wise, I'm going to go find it for free because I'm cheap. Yeah. yeah I'm going to yeah. go find it for free yeah. online yeah. because I know it's out there, and I'm going to teach myself by doing and failing and, su- and succeeding and then putting all, all the pieces together. Yeah. Um, so I decided to not go that route because I feel like if I just put this out there and my YouTube channel is just tactics that I give for free and then I have a book that if people buy it, great. Otherwise, I know how to do a book. Yeah, I know like how to do a book. Whole, yeah. The whole theory. Yeah, I, I know how to do a book. And then if somebody in my marketing sort of plans, I, I identify they need to do a book. I can say, hey, I've launched a book. Exactly. You know? And that's, that's, that's the whole beauty behind it is once you've done it, then you can say, yeah, I've done it. I've done it. Whether it succeeded or failed, you actually, actually know the process. That's so. it. That's it. Um, I want to talk about your speaking. So I didn't actually, I didn't realize you were, were a public speaker until I, um, you know, I did a little bit more, more research into your Facebook and that kind of thing. Um, for practical people, because it's it's an area that I'm I'll, I'll, I'll be upfront. I'm interested in getting into, you know. It's, mm-hmm. um, so, what advice would you give someone that wants to get into speaking? Like, how did you do it? What was your story? So, for for me, when I got into speaking, I was one of those things where, like, I'm very active at my church and I do some awesome. Bible studies and stuff yep. with kids. Yep. And I was approached I my grandpa more. <laughs> the church yeah it's a- yeah yeah and <laughs> and so it was one of those things where it's just like i'd never done it before my yeah. brother's a pastor my grandpa's a pastor so okay. it's kind of in the family i guess yeah um, public speaking but so i was like well maybe i should do that and i did nothing with it and then somebody asked me if i would do it at our church for the uh, there's a summer thing for kids and there's like 1500 kids that come to this thing and they asked me if i would speak at it and i was like i've never done that but I think I should try it. So I said, yes. And then I went out there and I did it and I loved it. And it, it was just like, it lit me up. Like it was crazy. And so then I just put a post out and said, Hey, I think I want to do some more public speaking. Does anybody have any ideas? And I got a message from a friend that is a a principal at a school that said, we'd love to have you come talk to our kids. Oh, and by the way, we'll pay you. And I was like, wait a minute. You aren't expecting that. You aren't even expecting that. That's the thing. And before that, I didn't even realize that speaking for money was a job. Wow. 
like that yeah. was not. And now that I've realized that that there are people that people just speak that. and that's, that's their job, like it's mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but I would say, honestly, I think podcast is by far the best platform. Podcast and YouTube is yeah. the best platform for people to see you and hear you and get like, oh man, this guy could like Tim really could, he could bring it on this subject. And the other thing that I feel like I do really well, and I think the best speakers do is thinking on your feet. Yeah. Like if you can do Q and A and you can sit and have real conversations with a person and then think on your feet with a, and adjust yeah. when they ask a question and actually have value, mm -hmm. that's where, that's where you become real, real valuable as a speaker. I, so, I love I love that you say that because that's, that's exactly what we're doing right now. I mean, yeah. there, there were no, we have not prepared any of this. We're just, we're jamming. We're, we're on the, on the, on the free flow of all that. It's, it's the natural flow of the conversation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The vibes. There you go. Dig it, brother. Very good. There it is. All right. Um, my last question to you um, is a really, really cool one. I've been been asking almost everyone it. Um, if I was a someone coming out of coming out of uni or coming out of high school, you with the knowledge that you have right now, what are you telling to that person so they can go out and and do things? That they. Uh, I am saying. I think the biggest thing that you need to do is find the things that you like to do. Yeah. If you like to sit in a dark room with a computer and code, then you should become the best coder you can do. Mm -hmm. If you like to go outside and talk to people and introduce people and connect people, then you should go do that. Whatever it is that you like to do, there is a job that does that. Mm -hmm. And the more experience you have and you can come to the table with, well, I've been coding for 25 years because I've done it in my basement since I was 12. Yeah. Like, you can like you're going to be like one of the best coders in the world. So yeah. I think it, it has a lot to do with taking action before you know if you're good at it and then finding things that you like to do. And if you can figure out a way to put those together, that's going to last you forever. Mm, perfect. So that's taking action in things that you like to do and just doing them. That's amazing. Yeah. That's an awesome, awesome spot to, to end it. Well, Todd, look, um, where can, where can everybody find you? If somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, I want to go follow Todd, um, on the Instagram, on the Facebook, I want to buy his book. Um, where can, where can people do all of that? Well, uh, you can find me on all the social, you know, that it's yeah. T Frazier SoCal. So T F R A Z I E R S O C A L like Southern California, yep. T Frazier SoCal. Uh, the book is burn your plans and do things. It's on Amazon. Yep. Uh, it's, Number one uh, new release on Amazon, whatever that's worth. Whatever that's um, worth. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, method dot com. method dot com is one website, and awesome. there's a bunch of information and connection there. So just reach out, hit me. I I want to meet people just like I met you, buddy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. All right. Well, I've been Tim. Uh, this has been Todd, and and we've been talking. Um, <laughs> I love it. Beans talking, man. There it is. There it is. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me on, Tim. No worries. All right, guys. Thanks so much for checking out the episode. Really glad that you're here. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, give us a rating or a view on iTunes or on YouTube or on Facebook or wherever it is you're hearing, listening to this Google podcast, Anchor FM, whatever it is. If you would give us a review so that we can uh, we can just uh, see get some feedback from you guys to see how it's going, see what you like. We're going to start changing some formats here coming 
soon and I'm really excited about it. We're gonna be doing more content and a little bit more focused. Um, but I'm, anyways, I'm really excited. Make sure you're subscribed. If you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube, make sure you subscribe or follow and then hit the notifications so you know when we've posted another episode so you can stay up to date and uh, get everything you can out of the Do Things podcast. Because guys, you're a miracle meant to do amazing things. And if I can help you realize that, that's what it's all about. Okay, guys, until next time, I'm Todd Frazier. This is the Do Things Podcast. Get out there, do things, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace.